Welcome, everybody, to Beyond the Shadows. I'm author and researcher Mike Ricksecker. We have an interesting show coming up for you tonight on more than just ghosts, more than just spooky stories, hauntings. What is it we're really doing here uh, with, with the Connected Universe, with my research, with all the things that I've been doing over the year and, of course, that all of you have been involved with? Being here on the uh, <laughs> on the live stream, the secret live stream, which is uh, for members of the Connected Universe Portal, connecteduniverseportal.com, uh, you've been involved with this for quite a while, uh, along with me. And so you know we've been going down this deeper rabbit hole that is, that is more than just ghosts. And I do want to thank all those that are listening to the podcast later out there on Spotify, iHeartRadio, of course, KGRA Radio, uh, who runs our syndicated show on uh, this particular one on Saturday nights and Edge of the Rabbit Hole on on Friday nights. So, yeah, we've been we've been going down a uh, a much deeper hole here of late, and we'll continue to do so for um, ever. <laughs> so, for yeah, these uh, several several years. I mean, I've been involved some way, shape, or form with the with the paranormal for you know, about thirty years. And I say about because you know, I mean, really, I had experiences when I was a, a young kid. You know, longer than that ago. You know, more than forty years ago. Uh, but really, my first kind of quote unquote little paranormal investigation was when I uh, was in high school. I believe it was. Uh, the incident that I talk about with David and my friend Lori, for those of you that are familiar, happened, uh, I believe it was my freshman year. Uh, and there is Victoria Monday down there uh, saying the role of Tom McNicholas is now being played by Victoria Monday. So basically she's sneaking in from work like Tom does on Tuesday nights with Edge of the Rabbit Hole. So uh, naughty, naughty, Victoria. We love it. <laughs> so in any case, uh yeah, but I've always had an interest in things, um, you know, greater than just that. So, um, you know, the spirituality aspect of all of this, you know, what's beyond our world? What is the afterlife all about? What does the afterlife look like? You know, I've, I've talked about some of the remarkable dreams that I've had, visions of a past life. Um, I have been on the verge of astral projecting before. So those things interest me. Um, you know, how does the universe really work? And I've always had this interest, not in just astronomy, which I've always had. And there was at one point that, um, that I wanted to be, uh, an astronaut. I think all kids at some point want to be an astronaut. Uh, it was probably like the, you know, one of the very few things I actually had in common with my sister. <laughs> she actually went to space camp, uh, and, and I did not. So, um, but I did, when I was in the Air Force, uh, look into the the astronaut program. They were actually, uh, it, it put like, for lack of a better term, they had put a call out for it. When I was up in Alaska, the uh, the sheet came through, and basically I was immediately disqualified because of my eyesight. You know, you guys are used to seeing me uh, without any sort of uh, vision correction, but I wear contacts, and my vision is like 2,500. It's absolutely terrible. Uh, in any case... You know, yeah, how does the universe really work, you know, besides the space, but like the inner workings, the mechanics, the, and we're, we're going to get into some of these different things uh, this evening about all of that, you know, the, the universe as, as it expands, you know, what exactly is that? Are there multiple universes and those sorts of things? Uh, what real abilities does the human consciousness have? Uh, I mentioned astral projecting a little bit before, you know, I, I was like on the verge of OBE when it happened uh, or when I just kind of like snapped out of it. But, you know, I've had those different, uh, you know, dream powers, for lack of a better term. Uh, so, you know, a number of different things to, you know, what it is we're seeing and experiencing. Um, psychic abilities, of course, Nicole's down there in, in the chat. She's extremely psychic. Um, I have a little bit of something going on. But, you know, people have their varying degrees of how much they're in tune to, to that sort of thing. You know, I could walk into a room and be like, yeah, yeah, there's something going on here. There's another, there's another spirit here. There's somebody else here uh, where somebody like Nicole could probably tell you exactly who it is. Uh, and they would actually even, you know, see the form in their, uh, in their mind's eye, in that, in that third eye or with that third eye. Uh, but it would take more of like, for me, actually seeing an apparition 
manifest, like when uh, you know Tom and I saw that uh, that apparition of a little girl. There's, I've talked many, many times about um, you know personal resonance and you know the idea of some people seeing more shadows and apparitions, and others seeing more apparitions than shadows. We had an entire episode on that uh, a couple weeks ago. And so, you know, that's that's something that is really interesting to me now as well. You know, is there a way that we can manipulate our, you know, our personal vibration with our, you know, and, and basically, you know, project our consciousness elsewhere, not just to another place here on earth, like across the room or you know, even like down the street or whatever. Could we possibly project that to another dimension, another galaxy, another universe entirely? So we'll get into some of those things. We this is this is more than just ghosts. But on that other side, if we do project, you know, do we come off as like an apparition or a ghost or whatever uh, to those who would witness and observe us? You know, is that what we're seeing when we see some of these uh, forms in our world? And so, yeah, it's much more than just hey, there, you know, there's a spook over here. You know, there's a uh, you know there's a ghost. There's an apparition. I've got a hit on my on my meter. Um, you know, you, you see, and you see some of the different, um, I'm not going to disparage any particular show or anything like that, but you see some of the shows and, you know, they're saying, well, we're, you know, we're getting these different hits on the different meters. So, you know, there, there must be you know, some sort of activity going on here. It's, it's much, much deeper than that. Um, you know, I think between there's, there's some sort of happy medium between, you know, science, what or what we deem like the scientific method and, you know, the spirituality, because you know, those that, you know, want that, you know, hard proof, that tangible proof, everything has to fit into you know, a very concrete, you know, scientific method. You know, I need this and this and this, and you have to, you know, replicate the test over and over and over again. Which, what's really interesting about that is, um, you know, those that want that, that concrete test that can be repeated again and again and again, when you break down into like, you know, quantum mechanics and quantum physics, a lot of times those tests can't be repeated. So, you know, when people are saying, you know, do that with the paranormal, it's like, well, I can't make it, you know, happen on demand. And hey, in, in our, you know, higher level, you know, physics and theories and stuff, that's not happening anyway. So why do you require it with us? So it's kind of interesting, but, you know, I believe there's a, there's a happy medium between the two where some of these things we might be able to prove out and if and you know everybody wants you know a fancy mathematical equation to go along with it and i don't know if we're ever going to get that fancy mathematical equation to tie it up in a nice bow but we'll see uh, so several years ago um i kind of started down this this path a little bit and um you know many of you may not even remember um you know, this would have been like early uh, Haunted Road Media days, like when I had first, when the the old Mike Ricksecker channel on YouTube had gotten shut down, and then I came out with the Haunted Road Media YouTube channel. Uh, there was a video that I'd put out about, basically it was like a trailer. Uh, it was, had like this epic music, it had these, you know, really cool uh, transition effects, and it was all about uh, you know, ancient mysteries and about, you know, researching uh, you know, this, you know, these different esoteric topics. And so that was going to be something that I was going to, you know, get deeper into at that time. And in my life situation at the time, it didn't really pan out. I started doing like a little bit of stuff on Gobekli Tepe. And then it just kind of, you know, petered out. But one of the questions I was throwing out there for like this first episode, uh, there was like a wasn't even really episode. Basically, it was like two trailers. There was a real short, quick trailer, and then there was a longer one where I started talking about Gobekli Tepe and asking the question, "How old is antiquity?" Because uh, that was Gobekli Tepe was really big at the time because they were, you know, starting to do a lot more with that and starting to release a lot of the information about the location and saying, like, "Hey, you know, we have this this place here on Earth that is." Uh, signs of civilization over 10,000 years old. And people had already been disparaging people like John Anthony West and Robert Schock uh, and those type of, of people for their redating of uh, of the Great Sphinx. 
know, they were looking at the geology and saying, this is much older than, you know, what the Egyptologists are telling us, you know, just looking at the geology, you know, you can say whatever you want about, you know, history, uh, which is really just contextual uh, to the surroundings, you know, but they were you know, pigeonholed into, you know, this is what we've always said about the history of the location, uh, but the geology of the location, which you can't really refute. I mean, it's rock. <laughs> How do you refute rock that's been there forever? Um, is saying that this this is actually much, much older. And so, you know, one of the arguments of the historians and Egyptologists at that time, this is back in like the 90s, was that, well, you don't see any other structures on Earth that are that old, you know, so why would you say this is that old? Gobekli Tepe comes around and it's like, oh, oh, there are actually structures that are that old. Oops. And we keep finding more and more things that put our history further and further back into time. You know, whether it's uh, in a cave somewhere or an artifact, you know, that they find. I mean, even, um, I know Adam Tillery isn't on this uh, live stream. Adam, if you're listening to this later, you need to, you know, become a member here of uh, the Connected Universe Portal. Just go to ConnectedUniversePortal.com. There's a 30-day free trial and jump on board with us. Um, but he likes to watch uh, The Curse of Oak Island, as as I do. And, you know, there's conventional, um, you know, history of the Americas that say, well, you know, you know, 1492, Christopher Columbus down uh, in you know, the, uh, the West Indies, that area, you might've had some Vikings up here. And, and so it was like this smattering of a couple of people here, a couple of people there, but as they're digging more and more into what's going on at Oak Island, they're finding stuff that's older and older and older. Uh, and it's like redating our, uh, history of North America, you know, as far as, you know, who actually came here and when they actually came here. So you know, we keep discovering, uh, some really interesting things about our ancient history that you know, we need to embrace. We need to embrace these new discoveries and start rethinking the way things happened. Um, and that was something that, you know, years ago when, when I mentioned before Robert Shock and John Anthony West, when they came out with their documentary in the early nineties, it was like around 93 the one with uh, Charlton Heston, where he was uh, basically the host in, in presenting all of this. Uh, I forget the exact title of the, of the special, um, but that was truly fascinating to me, because, you know, redating the Sphinx and, you know, things are you know, older because, you know, I love a good mystery, right? Uh, and the fact that there are still things about our history to discover and unearth and try to solve, you know, the riddle, right? Uh, try to solve the mystery uh, was truly fascinating to me. And then around that same time, the movie Stargate came out, uh, which also threw into question uh, that one was with the uh, with the pyramids. Now, I don't really think that you know the pyramids were used as launching pads for spaceships, uh, but it caused in uh, one to question the origins of the pyramids and I'm going to, you know, this summer, this June actually be walking into those and getting a look for myself, which is going to be uh, fascinating. Tom McNicholas ain't sounds like Oak Island. Yeah. I was uh, absolutely talking about Oak Island and he wanted to be an astronaut. Uh, but that changed when he, when you found out I need to be good at math. Yeah. They had a lot of different requirements for, for uh, the astronaut program. I could have, could have gotten by with the math and it depends on how you get in there too. I mean, obviously I wasn't going to be, um, pilot with the eyes but scientists get into um get into there as well so you could be a scientist with a certain discipline uh you know so it's uh it's interesting so uh a lot of what i want to do in taking this we're going to get into like consciousness um you know how our consciousness interacts with the universe but it also 
our understanding of where we came from, you know, what our ancient past and plays into all of that as well. Uh, I've talked a lot of times about like, different ancient sites of power. Of course, again, the pyramids being one of them. I've talked about Stonehenge. Uh, when I've talked about the Ireland tour, I've talked about going to like Drombeg Stone Circle uh, and experiencing that. I've talked about, uh, when, well, when you guys see uh, the Shadow Dimension when it comes out, there at Cahokia Mounds, uh, you know, right down the road from Alton, Illinois. Uh, this is another location, ancient site of power uh, that was, you know, built up and they had the temple on there and everything. You know, they're, they're harnessing that, that earth energy and using it for different means. We've lost that, uh, we've lost that knowledge. You know, what exactly was that? What were they using these things for? You know, we, you know, people have gone to these locations and they have measured the resonance, uh, you know, at these different locations, the Rollwright Stones in Avebury, uh, you know, it's, you know, absolutely fascinating the, uh, you know, the electromagnetic resonance that they've actually been able to, to measure there, how, how it oscillates between the stones. So they were harnessing energy there at these sites and using it for something. We don't exactly know what yet. We speculate on a lot of different things. You know, were they using it for healing? Uh, we know that you know many of these locations were astronomically aligned, so they were aligning to the stars. Some of it was calendrical because they wanted to be able to, uh, you know, determine when the seasons were for for planting and harvesting and things like that. Um, but also for you know there are different times of the year uh, based on you know where are. Uh, the Earth is in the solar system, how the Earth's uh, magnetism is working at that particular moment to be able to, you know, access this energy. Again, using it for, uh, we don't know, entering altered states of consciousness. Uh, we believe a lot of that was going on. Were they using some of these sites for stargates and portals? Um, you know, I believe, you know, at least to some degree that they were, but there are people that believe that um, you know, not just portals, but yes, the stargates traveling to and from different locations uh, within the universe. Uh, you know, are there are there others in this universe that already have that knowledge, and that's how they're coming here? Are some of these ET sightings, you know, not just you know little green men in a spaceship, you know, coming here physically, but are they traveling interdimensionally, uh, you know, through through their consciousness to come here? So basically, are there extraterrestrials, aliens that are astral projecting to Earth. And I think as we begin to understand our consciousness more and being able to utilize these different sites and going back into the knowledge that the ancients had, that we will be able to figure that out for ourselves to travel to those locations that are already traveling here. And, you know, how is it the, that the person appears on the other side? So, are, again, are some of these ghosts and spirits, you know, these shimmer people, things like that, uh, shadow entities, you know, are they actually life forms from other planets traveling here via some sort of consciousness transfer, transference, whether it be astral projection, you know, to here? Uh, I think it's a very, very valid question. So... Uh, yeah, don't forget, don't forget your rock from Egypt. Yeah, <laughs> I'll see about that. Uh, yeah, and I, I can't wait to get out there either. Uh, uh, Nicole will not be out there though, Tom. Um, I'd, I'd love to have her aboard, but um, not this time. She will be out in uh, in Laughlin, Nevada, with me at the beginning of June. So June sixth to twelfth, the uh, Laughlin UFO Mega Conference. Uh, Nicole will be there with me. So any of those listening to this later i know those watching right now um you'll probably aren't making it but those that are listening later uh to the the podcast around kgra come on out to, to laughlin nevada june 6 to 12 so uh, it's also it will also be available to live stream so i i guess i shouldn't shortchange our uh our live streamers here uh you you can live stream it as well and i'll be uh, posting some more of that information very very soon so, um, all right. So as, as we get further into this, I, I, I believe, you know, those of you that know me, you know, when I've done, um, 
you know, all of my paranormal research and paranormal investigations, you know that I've been really, really interested in history. I have that moniker ghost story. And there are a lot of people who actually really, really uh, like that, that moniker. You know, I kind of you know, coined that several years ago to differentiate myself between a, you know, what a historian really is and what I am. Because I don't have a degree in history. My degree is in simulation programming, so it's in computers. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, you know, working in IT for, for many years, and I spent some of those years uh, working for a library system, librarians there would get very touchy when a, uh, just, you know, a patron to the library would come in and call anybody working there a librarian, you know, somebody working at the circulation desk, they, they would call them a librarian. And, um, you know, an actual librarian is somebody with a Master of Library Science degree. Uh, that is that is a librarian. And most of those people are either they're working at the reference desk or they're working in some of the, the, the back offices or at the administrative level. Uh, somebody, you know, you know, putting books away on the floor or working the circulation desk, you know, they don't have that. Um, so the librarians would get really, really touchy when people would make that mistake. And so, likewise, similarly, I am not a degreed historian. Somebody would probably call me like an amateur historian because I don't have a degree in history. Um, kind of lousy, but, you know, that's the way it is, and I get that. So I came up with that term, ghost, ghost historian, to kind of merge the two. Okay, you know, ghost historian. Um, so I've always had that interest. But again, it extends further than ghosts. So, you know, I've kind of been toying with, okay, do I just, you know, dump that? Even though there's so many people in you know, the, the paranormal field that like that term for me. But again, it's not just all about the ghosts. And I'm doing a lot of things outside of the paranormal because it's all connected. You know, we talk about the connected universe and that's where all of this is going. All these different things are connected. Yes, you know, the ghosts and the spirits and all that. But it's, that's just really the tip of the iceberg. There's so much more under that. And, um, you know, I've, you know, been with, uh, you know, people that have been like, well, I'm just all about the ghosts. It's like, well, yeah, okay. That's just a little bit of what's going on here. Um, I want to know more about how everything works. Um, you know, and if this person is some sort of, you know, spirit or ghost, what did they see before that? You know, I've talked about you know, even the idea that water has memories. So, okay, you know, I have my coffee mug here. There's water that made, that's that's in this coffee. Well, water cycles through our planet over and over and over again. So the same water that I'm drinking right now, you know, was you know, maybe Cleopatra was drinking it or Julius Caesar or Alexander the Great or George Washington, um, you know, it's it's seen a lot of things in its existence here on the planet for the millions of years it's been around. You know, the, the dinosaurs drank this water. You know, so there's there's a lot of stories that water could tell if we could access the memory out of water and be able to see what's in there. That would be amazing. That would be absolutely amazing. Uh, and Nicole, Nicole saying, I made the water. <laughs> she did. She made the water. It's, it's kind of an inside joke, but, uh, she has a you know, water filter system. And so when we were making our wine back during the summer, she was running the water through the filter. So we could have clean water, uh, to, to make the wine with. And so Nicole made the water, <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, Nicole Channel UFOs. There you go. All right. So, so yeah, taking just that, you know, because a lot of our history is lost to time. Um, you know, we talk about, you know, what, what was there before the flood? I've already talked, you know, about, like, Gobekli Tepe. Uh, you know, we could even get into Atlantis. And I know that becomes a topic, unfortunately, that gets laughed at and ridiculed by the scientific community um you know because there's it, it's hard to find proof of its existence you know these were stories that plato took from uh from egypt 
you know, he, he made a trip to Egypt, you know, studied there, um, and, you know, he acquired those stories and then related them or rewrote them in Greek. And, and that's what we have today are just, you know, his, his retelling of whatever uh, he had been told and read in Egypt. And a lot of what was there in Egypt, of course, lost when we lost the, uh, the great library in Alexandria. You know, so you know, we don't know if you know he elaborated at all and made it more colorful. Um, you know, if there was more information there uh, that he just didn't include. Uh, you know, I believe, for one, that Atlantis really existed. Uh, you know, but but differently, I think, than you know some others believe. Now, I, I'm, there there are different factions, uh, I guess, out there of the beliefs of Atlantis, and I'm of the one that, you know, there were survivors of Atlantis and, uh, and they spread out after its destruction and, you know, repopulated the earth. You know, some people will say, you know, well, you know, the capital of Atlantis was here or, you know, like the Egyptians were the Atlanteans or even like the Minoans or, you know, it different cultures, you know, people will say, well, those were the Atlanteans. We just, we really don't know. Now, they may have come from the Atlanteans. They may have been survivors of them. We just don't know. Uh, will we ever find that city? Well, there's a lot of cities lost under the water right now. What it'll probably take is an ice age to be able to discover those things. Um, you know, right now, like the earth is, you know, our, our seas are rising. Well, it's from melting of, you know, those you know, those ice caps, so it's, it's really a natural progression, you know, because we've been in a great thaw ever since the last ice age, you know, it's, and that's kind of what happens is like, you know, uh, it's, it's a cycle that the earth goes through. So this isn't unusual for us to go through this. Um, you know, there will be another ice age again at some point. Um, I hope later rather than sooner, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so a, a lot of these uh, ancient civilizations are lost under the water, and it will, you know, become harder to discover some of these things because things will be, you know, gradually going further and further under the water, and it will take, you know, some great global cooling for uh, for things to freeze back up and reduce the waters and lower uh, uh, the the water levels again, so we can look at those things a little bit better. But you know, as as people go on these great big you know, deep, uh, deep sea dives, they are discovering these, uh, ruins. They're discovering like off the coast of India, you know, uh, cities that were just within their legends and they're finding, Oh, well, actually the city's right here. You know, so it, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't a fable. It was actually true. Uh, so I think that we're going to keep discovering that a lot of our ancient history and cultures uh, you know, those stories, they, they weren't just, they weren't just make-believe. They weren't just for, you know, good storytelling and to teach a lesson or whatever. They were actually recounting history. Um, and so, um, okay, touched on Atlantis. Um, to me, that's, that's always, it's always a fun topic. It's just listening to all the different theories as to where it may have been. Uh, but, you know, are there with that technology that's been lost to time, you know, how advanced were our civilizations? What did they have access to? What did they know to do? Were some of them in contact or were some of them actually extraterrestrials? That's another one that gets thrown out there that, um, that our ancient civilizations interacted with the gods um, or that we were planted here. I'm, I'm really interested in the origins of, of us as humans um you know spiritually um you know when we are connecting with these different spirits um and when they come and visit us or if they are uh, again kind of traveling here from you know, some other solar system or what have you are we interacting with ourselves you know if are some of these extraterrestrials just us from a different place and time you know, visiting, you know, where we seated here. You know, one of the issues, and I talk about this, um, you know, quite often is that you know, the planet earth is not always going to be here and we need to figure out a way to 
get off of it. Um, I did talk about this at length a few weeks ago when we were talking about the space station that's being put up into, uh, into orbit here in a few years, the one that's going to be like the big space hotel and all that. Um, you know, I fully, wholeheartedly support it. Um, in fact, I've invested in it a little bit. They had an opening for investment. It's like hard to get into that. Um, you know, you kind of have to really stay on it and refresh like every day to see if something's opened up for it. Um, so I jumped in on that uh, a little bit because I totally believe and totally support us advancing out into space. We have to do it. We absolutely have to do it for the survival of the species. We have to go elsewhere. You know, at some point, you know, it may be a long, long time for now, but you know, the sun will basically swallow up the earth and this planet will be no more, which is really sad to think about with all the things we were just talking about, all the you know, ancient sites and everything. We, we're going to lose all those um, unless somebody figures out a way to lift them off the planet. We'll lose them. Um, but, you know, they're just structures and, and buildings and all that. You know, it would be tougher to lose us. So we need to figure out a way to get off of here. And, you know, maybe it's a gradual, you know, maybe we go to Mars first. And then maybe we go to like some of the, the moons of Jupiter as, you know, the planet, as the sun expands um, and starts swallowing up the inner planets. And then figure out finally how to get outside the solar system and make it to another solar system. But has that all already happened? Um, you know, are, are we, you know, from some other solar system? Are we the survivors from somewhere that have come here? Could we possibly, as we dig further and further into the earth, start finding some of those artifacts of our arrival? Um, you know, when you look at, uh, We'll, we'll get into science here. For those that uh, you know, talk about uh, the different human-type creatures that have been on the planet, um, you know, we are you know we're the survivors of all that Homo sapiens sapiens. The interesting thing about our species is that there's there's no missing link. Everybody keeps trying to you know find like the quote unquote missing link. Um, you know, we are integrated with, um, you know, some humans have like a little bit of Neanderthal blood in there, and that, but that's because we interbred uh, with some of them, or there might be some uh, Denisovan uh, blood mixed in there because we interbred with them, but we didn't evolve from them. We just kind of like showed up 200,000 years ago. And there are some other human-like life forms here are in existence, and then boom, you know, we show up out of nowhere. So we haven't found that yet. Um, you know, there are people who speculate that, uh, you know, other human life forms that were on here were experimented on. They had gene manipulation. Um, you know, there's that, uh, that DNA sequence, which was spliced and, you know, scientists have said that there's no way to, in nature, it could possibly make that kind of splice, and it is make it is what makes us human. So, you know, if we could go real far down the rabbit hole and start talking about, you know, were there, uh, you know, other, you know, maybe our original species took life forms from here manipulated the genes, sent us back. We don't know. That's a lot, a lot, a lot of speculation, but it is something that, you know, I want to dive more into our, our various origins. You know, I, to, to me, it's feasible that, you know, we were originally, you know, on maybe a planet like Mars and then migrated here after, you know, Mars was destroyed. Um, again, going back to the way the solar system works, uh, you know, in the, early on in the solar system's formation, it was really freaking hot. Um, so at one point, you know, Mars would have been more in the Goldilocks zone than Earth. Earth still would have been really hot. Mars would have been more suitable for habitation. And then as the solar system cooled, well, you know, now Earth becomes, you know, more habitable. But as the sun ages, it's going to start to, like I said earlier, you know, expand back outward. And so it'll behoove us to like maybe get back to Mars and then, you know, out further, like I talked about, 
Then there's, of course, the asteroid belt between Jupiter and Mars. Was that previously a planet? Was it inhabited? You know, so has there have there been civilizations planet jumping planet to planet to planet? Uh, it'll be really interesting to find out if that is if that is the case. You know, and can we contact and interact with some of these different extraterrestrial civilizations to find out if that's the truth? And it again, it may not even be a visitation. It may be that travel of consciousness. And that's just talking about really one dimension. We're not even talking about time travel yet, which you guys know I love to talk about. Um, and Tom down there is saying, seems like Earth is the infant of space and time. Um, we are rather young when compared to the rest of the universe. So the universe is uh, about 14 billion years old. Our planet is four and a half billion years old. So there's, you know, around nine billion years there uh, where the rest of the universe had a head start on us. So totally feasible that there are other civilizations out there far, far more advanced than we are since they would have such a bigger head start uh, into these things than us. Uh, our solar system is probably not even the original, our original solar system. Uh, there's, there are quite a few things to show that uh, our sun you know, didn't, didn't have enough power to generate the solar system that we have, that it's a spinoff of another pre-existing solar system that was already there. Um, and it could have even been a binary solar system, and our sun is like the surviving aspect of that with the planets around it. Um, so there's some different uh, interesting concepts and speculation about that. But the fact that this may be our second go around with the solar system is is kind of interesting. Uh, you know, we're all made of we're all made of stardust, and so this stardust may have been formed up differently, you know, seven eight billion years ago. Uh, yeah, and uh, Tom with the big woe down there. Uh, so in all of this time, you know, there are plenty of other solar systems and galaxies that have sprouted up and have been destroyed since then. You know, plenty of explosions of stars where, you know, the, you know, plenty of supernova out there. You know, so this is a universe that is always shifting and moving and uh, so when we get into space time what's interesting about that is even though all of these things have been happening for all these billions of years uh, I, I talk about you know, what i call stack time theory uh, it's really a kind of a spin-off of um, einstein's space-time continuum although i I came up with my concepts uh, separate from you know, what I have since learned about Einstein's work. Because uh, I started talking about this years before I got into all of that. I was like, oh, oh, Einstein kind of had similar concepts. So basically, you know, the idea that time is you know, all working concurrently, past, present, future. Uh, even the idea that the future can influence the past and the present and all of that, which, you know, is kind of a mind bender. Uh, but is that how we end up with things like the Mandela effect and all of that? So uh, if time is all working concurrently and everything that has happened is happening and will happen is all happening at the same time, then wouldn't it stand a reason that we could we could access that? So right now, basically, where where I'm sitting, um, you know, at one point did not exist and many, many years in the future is not going to exist so I usually talk about it in kind of a more localized type history, like um, you know our own little American history here, which is kind of just a speck in the grand spectrum of all this. But if you think about it, you know, where I'm sitting right now, at one point, you know, was just empty space or dust, you know, kind of spinning around the sun, and at some point, this is all going to explode. Um, I don't necessarily know if I want to access those moments. Um, 
without, of course, knowing that it's going to be safe to do so. But um, if it is accessible, that would be amazing to watch and to see. Now, we've talked time slips before, and I've witnessed something that may have been a time slip. I certainly believe it was witnessing at least some sort of interdimensional travel, and that was the incident at Johnny V's where I saw the uh, shadow dart across the room, slam into the little flimsy door. The door didn't move, but the sound resonated across. So to me, in its dimension, on its plane of existence, maybe its point in time, it blew right through that door, and that door opened wide. The sound of it working on a different wavelength, I was actually able to hear. When we get into that story with, uh, with the Alaska Triangle and some of the missing airplanes and things like that up there, I'm not going to get into all that right now. But, uh, you know, the idea that, you know, able to witness something like that. Um, you hear about these phantom sounds. I've, I've witnessed, you know, like, phantom explosions. Um, you know, people report different parts in the world just these random explosions out of nowhere, and they look around, like, nothing, nothing blew up. You know, where did the sound of the explosion come from? And there was a place that I lived at in Maryland where this happened a couple times. And so there was a, a local joke um, that the, uh, the one house down the street was a, a meth house, and they blew up the meth lab again. Um, this was in Pasadena, Maryland. Well, there was one time that that explosion was right outside the bedroom window. Boom. I thought the transformer, because there was the, the telephone pole was right out there. I thought the transformer blew up. You know, it was loud. It was like right there. Boom. Go to look. And there's people on the street looking around like, oh, my God, I, you know, because they heard it too. You know, but transformer was fine. There was no power outage. I mean, you could feel the vibration. You know, what the heck was that? So... Is that another instance of you know hearing something travel from another dimension? The sound of that. I'm not sure what the heck was going on on the other side. Was there a war going on? Was there a battle going on? So Tom was wondering if it was a sonic boom. Uh, no, I don't think it was a sonic boom. Um, I've actually witnessed a sonic boom before. Uh, when I was in uh, Massachusetts, there was a an Air Force base not too far from us. And uh, what was that, Westover? And sometimes you'd see the, the jets going overhead, the, the fighter jets um, over our town. And when I was in middle school, you know, we, we heard the sonic boom. You, the thing is, you could see the jet, too. So... Boom, and there's the jet. So, uh, so yeah, I've, I've witnessed a sonic boom before. Uh, this was, was different, and you could tell it was up with that boom. Uh, you know, this explosion sound in the neighborhood, half the time it sounded like it was just down the street somewhere. Like I said, it sounded like the house, you know, two houses down had blown up. The house is still sitting there. And then this one time it was right outside the bedroom window, it exploded, but there was no explosion. So it makes you wonder, okay, is there, is there a past event where there's a battle going on and these explosions are going off? You know, we're just not witnessing that battle, but the sound is traveling through, you know, some sort of, of portal to us. You know, could we even possibly, you know, since I did mention, you know, witnessing beginnings and ends of the planet, were we hearing some of that? Were we hearing some of the echoes of the past or even the future uh, destruction of the planet? That would be really interesting. Uh, so, you know, I believe we can access some of these different things. And the question is, how exactly can we do it in a, a manner that's safe? You know, basically, time travel. Um, it's... Definitely a concept uh, I am going to be exploring more and more and more, and I can't resize this thing for some reason.
Um, all right. So on that note, as we're getting into, because we are getting down to the end here, so I kind of want to wrap in a couple of these other uh, things. And you guys know that I'm very, very interested in time travel. So, you know, and again, that could be some of this different phenomena that we witness. You know, I'm not, you know, when it comes to, you know, ghosts, hauntings, entities, um, you know, some of them that we witness are these time slips or, or some sort of time travel. You know, some of them certainly are, you know, spirits, ghosts, residual haunts, that sort of stuff. But, I believe some of them, you know, are these time slips that we witness. Um, that that one that Andrea Perrin talks about all the time at uh, the Conjuring House uh, is absolutely fascinating. And having been in that house and observing the things that I have, and then just kind of like putting all the pieces together, it really starts to lay out a picture of of what's going on there. And I don't know if anybody's ever really done that. I do it. A bit in the shadow dimension. I start to, pe- to put all those different pieces together. I think with it open back up right now for paranormal investigations, people are going there and they're just, you know, they got the different meters out and they're, you know, looking for, you know, the haunts and, and all of that, which is fine. But I don't know if anybody's like trying to find the source and why these things are happening there. Um, one of the uh, interesting projects that I've been uh, tracking a little bit here is the Anita project down in Antarctica. And what's interesting about this project last year, uh, 2020, some months ago now, they released some findings of how uh, one of the experiments that they were doing, they discovered these uh, particles running in an opposite fashion of what they had expected. And what they attributed this to was the possibility of finding some evidence of a parallel universe running in reverse. And when I start getting in more into connected universe topics and I start uh, that, that book, well, I've, I have actually already started on uh, Connecting the Universe. Um, it's going to be one of the avenues that I explore with this. And I think it already blows enough minds away of for people with parallel universes, the multiverse, all that sort of thing. What does that mean, running in reverse? And... I have some different ideas in a hypothesis about that, which I won't really divulge here. Uh, that'll be more for the book that I'm putting together. But when it comes to like parallel universes, the multiverse, that sort of thing, um, I, I know many of you kind of you know, familiar with my opinion on that. The, the idea that every decision that we make spawns off another universe. Um, I've had a bit of a hard time with that. I don't totally discredit it. Just the idea of infinitely just me taking another sip of this is going to spawn off another universe. I have a little bit of a problem with that. Um, because most people will be like, well, you know, if, uh, you know, if somebody makes a decision to, um, I don't know. I mean, like take some of our big wars and they usually attribute it to like some of our bigger major decisions like you know, a war or um, like a car accident. Maybe you make a different decision. You don't get into it. And, you know, now there's two different versions of you running around. It's like, okay, those are major things. Um, but we make thousands and thousands and thousands of decisions every day. Um, now, the idea that there are time travelers, if we get into back into the time travel, that change something here that actually creates a different future from what that person originally came from. Of course, this is a paradox, uh, but would that be enough to generate a whole other universe and split the timeline? Possibly. Um, 
The other thing that I also like legitimately consider when it comes to multiple universes is the idea that when the Big Bang occurred, that it wasn't just our universe that was created, that at that same time, there were multiple universes that were created. So ours along with many, many, many others. Now, each of those universes would have their own particular properties to it and would grow and develop, you know, independently of us. So even though they would have like the same material as us, it doesn't mean that they would develop exactly the same as us. So you would, you would have all these other universes out there, but that doesn't necessarily mean that there's going to be another Mike Ricksecker running around. You know, that doesn't necessarily mean there's going to be another Earth out there. Um, there would, you know, be other planets and life forms and all of that, but not necessarily a carbon copy of us running a slightly different life than we are now. Um, it's, but then there comes the question, okay, so if those universes exist, can we access them? Can we travel to some of them? Like if, you know, if we got beyond the boundaries of our own universe, could we access one of those? Um, you know, this is where some of the other dimensions kind of come into play here. So, um, you know, you take a civilization that's just, we'll say it's, um, you know, living on my tabletop here. Uh, and they don't know that there's a greater, bigger world uh, around it other than, you know, there might be some light fluctuations or stuff like that. Um, so they have no idea of the bigger picture. You know, how do they get out of that to be able to experience uh, the bigger world that's out there? So how would we do that if, you know, we're kind of stuck uh, in this universe, and it's still it's, it's still big. You know, we are very a very very tiny speck in our own universe. Uh, but how do we get outside those those boundaries? Um, you know, it's not it's it's not physical. You know, I think it's more. This is where your conscious comes into play. I think we can uh, exceed the boundaries of our universe through our consciousness, not our physical body. Our physical body has limitations that are bound to, you know, this, you know, three-dimensional world that we're in. Well, really four-dimensional because uh, time is a dimension. So it would have to be our consciousness within us to take us to that other plane of existence, that fifth dimension. And, you know, quantum physics is showing that, you know, we have 10 dimensions, um, you know, and, and they say that a lot of these are like subatomic, et cetera, et cetera. But I believe it's more, um, you know, of a, of a, you know, level of consciousness that we can, that we'll be able to access. And the trick is figuring out how. And I think those that are able to, I keep talking about astral projection, but I think those that are, those people that are able to do that are accessing part of that. When we enter a dream state and we're able to, you know, like, you know, not just lucid dream, but I'm I'm talking about you know being able to being able to access other planes of existence through our our dreaming, or with the ancients, if we're if they were able to utilize their sites of power that they had created to enter those altered states of consciousness to create portals and starting gates to travel there, were they able to not just access other locations with our own universe? Were they able to travel to other universes. <laughs> Nicole, no, uh, we're five dimensional. Oh, you want to go down that road. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we're not going to be talking about 5D consciousness here. Uh, and you know that because, yeah, that whole, okay. So uh, we are going to be talking about in the coming weeks, uh, the different ideas of ascension. So this was, I was on a recent podcast and the the topic came up about 5D. And the whole concept of, you know, being in a uh, more awakened state of being is not new. 
this isn't something that, you know, we, we flip the, you know, calendar to, uh, you know, whatever date. And then all of a sudden, you know, select people became awakened or, or what have you, um, you know, or, you know, we're just kind of that the catch term woke. Now I kind of hate that term. I hate that term with a passion. You know, basically to me, it's just people trying to act elite, you know, um, well, my opinion's better than yours, so I'm woke and you're not. Stop it with that crap. Um, you know, th this idea of you know higher states of consciousness, ascension, higher states of being, this has been around forever. Um, the example that I gave in this particular podcast that I mentioned were the Essenes. Uh, you know, they were talking about all this stuff two thousand years ago, uh, and they had their different ascension rituals and. Uh, you know, their ways to enter uh, higher states of consciousness. And, you know, but they're not the only ones. That was just an example I gave. There are cultures all over the world for all time that have been talking about entering these different states of consciousness, consciousness to have a, uh, uh, a higher awareness uh, about themselves. Uh, and so that's essentially, you know, 5D and all that is the current catch term for the same thing that's been talked about thousands and thousands of years. Um, I think that, again, we have lost a lot of knowledge in over the, over the millennia in how to access a lot of these different altered states, that uh, we've lost a lot of the ability of how to use some of these different sites to be able to tap into that energy, to get into even higher awareness, to be able to um, you know, travel the stars and even travel to and from possibly the home world that, you know, we are originally from. And this would be, you know, like the afterlife. I think that there are ways that we can go back and visit that. You know, people who have near-death experiences are able to, you know, a lot of people see that place and then they come back here. Well, I think uh, our ancients knew how to go there purposely and access that. Uh, and so we lost all that over time and it gets, a lot of stuff gets muddled in our science, uh, but I think we can use our science, basically marry our science and these different concepts from the ancients. And, you know, a lot of what we're bringing out now, again, you know, a lot of these concepts of, of 5D and all that are, are not new. Uh, they're just a new terminology for the old ideas, but basically marry these things together to be able to, you know, access and, live out our true potential as human beings. I think, you know, again, we're just, you know, tapping the surface, um, you know, with, with these sorts of concepts and technology may or may not help us with this. Um, I, I think it's, it's giving us access to a lot of information. Um, and we're able to do a lot of cool things with it. And we need that technology, of course, to get off of the planet at some point. Um, you know, but we'll, we'll see how it all plays out. So, all right, let me go ahead and wrap this up. I want to thank you guys for joining me, uh, this evening. Like I said, we're going to get more into, uh, you know, what's going on with, uh, with those sorts of things, uh, with the, uh, you know, higher states of consciousness with the, you know, with Ascension and all that, because it does play, it plays into all the other things we've been talking about for all these years. It's not like I'm changing, uh, the narrative of what I've been talking about. Now, I, I do say that I always uh, retain the right to change my mind on any of my opinions because I think we need to grow and evolve, and that may change uh, what we think about some different things. Uh, but I'm not like completely stepping away. I'm not saying, oh, you know, you know, screw all the ghosts or you know anything like that. It's just that's just a piece of it into a much wider. Uh, a wider field of study that's very important. And that's just, it's kind of like the gateway into something that's much, much bigger and deeper. And uh, yeah, so we'll be getting into more of those sorts of things. So, all right, everybody, you guys have a great evening. Enjoy the rest of your week. Have a wonderful weekend. Be on the lookout for stuff coming from us about, uh, you know, we're doing, as I say all this, you know, we're, it's not all about the ghosts. We are doing a paranormal investigation this weekend, but it is in conjunction with the Shadow Dimension uh, for season two. And 
This is a very interesting location. A lot of wonderful earth energy there. A lot of Native American roots. And there's a lot of interesting fairy type activity there as well. So uh, be on the lookout for more information about what is going to be happening there. We'll have updates. Uh, it's a Hinsdale house, by the way, <laughs> in New York. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's going to be a fantastic uh, spring, summer Check out the Shadow Dimension coming out in probably about a month here, shadowdimension.com. And for those that are listening to this podcast later, please check out connecteduniverseportal.com where you can access the live stream here with us every week. Uh, Wednesdays at 8 o'clock p.m. is where you can uh, tune in live, ask questions, be uh, part of the community. And uh, then you can, of course, you know, listen to the podcast later on all the various platforms, uh, iHeartRadio, Spotify, KGRA, and uh, we'll be good to go. All right, everybody. Have a great night. Till next time.